Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. Excuse me. I was uh, dancing to uh, to the beat, which happens every once in a while when I get the show started. Very good morning to you. I'm New York Vinny. This is Drive Time Radio. We thank you so much for joining us on this Saturday morning, uh, 8 o'clock around the Northwest. And uh, that's what time we put this thing into motion for the next hour. Uh, it's an hour of horsepower, really, is what it comes down to. We talk about new cars, old cars, Good cars, bad cars. We review cars. Uh, we talk about what we're driving this week. We talk about what we're driving next week. And, um, and sorry, I had to shut my phone off. I forgot to do that before we went on. It happens to me all the time. I just forget to hit that switch. Uh, but uh, we will this morning uh, pay tribute to, well, uh, half of my heritage. You know, I, I always do make a big deal about being Italian because that's, you know, in, in the house I was brought up in uh, and, and in the day back in the 50s and the 60s, um, you really took on your uh, father's um, uh, 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 nationality. If your father was Italian and your mother was Irish, as in my case, uh, you told people you were Italian, and let's face it, uh, you know, it, it, in a lot of ways, being Italian was, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say cooler, because I grew up in a neighborhood full of Irish people, and I, Irish people were cool too. It was just different cultures, I think I identified more with the Italian culture uh, than I did with the Irish culture, although, as I said, growing up uh, in the neighborhood that I did, we had a lot of cool Irish people, well, I had a lot of cool every kind of people. Uh, but I don't know. I uh, I just for, you know, always talk. Well, what are you? You're, you're Italian, you know. Okay. <clears throat> but um, you know, the Irish part of me has uh, is been a, is a great part of me. Uh, the uh, you know being a, a Italian and Irish, uh, growing up in that kind of house, you get a perfect balance of uh, wine and Irish whiskey. Uh, you get a perfect balance of. Uh, of, of uh, passion, because the Italians and the Irish are both passionate people. And also, uh, the Italians designed great cars. The Irish, maybe not so much. Maybe a, a, a little bit less of a storied history, uh, automotive history, uh, on, in Ireland than there was in Italy. And being as I was around cars all the time, a lot of Italian people worked on cars, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, you pick up that kind of identification. So, and uh, so, there we are. But uh, I do celebrate St. Patty's Day. It always brings back memories of my mom, uh, you know, and her Irishness. You know, she was 100% Irish. And it, it just always brings back the great memories of her cooking corned beef and cabbage on St. Patty's Day and going to the parade, and, and all of the things that go along with this great day of, of being Irish. So I thought today what we would do is we would pay tribute to and, and talk a little bit about the Irish automotive industry, past and present. And it's actually kind of an interesting history, um, and, and we'll get to it 
in in the next segment in earnest we'll talk a bit about the irish automotive history and what it is uh, uh, accomplished and some of the big uh, successes and some of the big failures henry ford's parents were from ireland county cork i believe as a matter of fact he set up a uh, a plant in ireland to assemble fords when uh you know when he got Ford going uh, as a uh, as a present, as a gift, as something to uh, help out his father's people. He set up a, a plant near where he uh, he used to, his parents came from, and unemployed hundreds of people uh, for the longest time. I think that plant was in operation until the seventies. So we will talk about that. We also have our cartoon, our Saturday morning cartoon for you. And uh, we, uh, you know, we endeavored on this one. We looked around, but we found an Irish car song. As a matter of fact, we found two Irish car songs. Uh, I'll play the better one of the two uh, for you uh, this morning on um, on uh, the Saturday morning cartoon. We will also uh, review the Mazda 3. We've been waiting to do that now for a couple of weeks because Nick, uh, we wanted to... We want to take a whole good segment and get Nathan involved because Nathan, our producer, good morning, Nathan. Good morning, Vinny, and it's a beautiful day for a drive, isn't it? Oh, it's I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about going out on a drive uh, today on my, on my uh, Facebook. I'm friends with the Woodenville Cars and Coffee uh, people, and uh, somebody posted on their, on their website, on their Facebook page, and I'm going to try to see if I can dig this up real quick uh, about a, a cruise that they're going to do today. And one of the great things about the um, uh, the vaccine and so on and so forth is, is that people are starting to feel uh, that they can go out and do some social events. They have to be socially distanced. Uh, they have to, you know, conform to, re- to regulations. And we still can't, you know walk around hugging and kissing each other quite yet but with the uh with the ability to uh, gather in small groups and people getting vaccinations i think you'll start to see the comeback of the car show uh where people will feel that they're um you know they're okay to do that and yes um what do we have here woodville uh cars and coffee uh, which is a uh, a Facebook site, and I guess they're talking about going on a cruise that was published in Advance Magazine. I'm not familiar with that. Leaving Sammamish, the park and ride, at 10.30 this morning and cruising up to uh, Woodenville and then out to what appears to be out to north of uh, of Sultan or Gold Bar. So if you're if you're feeling up for a cruise this morning, I'm actually thinking about going out and doing that this morning. It's been a while since I've I've been on a cruise, and it might be uh might be a fun thing to go out and just uh, just cruise along with a bunch of people. Anyway, that's uh, the Woodenville Cars and Coffee people are going to do that, and we thank Ashton Van Zant for posting that on Facebook. And uh, if you can go, uh, go. But um, like I said, there's going to be two meeting locations. 
South Sammamish Park and Ride. They're going to meet there at 10 o'clock this morning. And then at 10.30, the Woodenville Cut Shop. Um, I guess they're going to uh, meet at 11 and depart at 11.30. So if you feel like taking your ride out, shine it up and take it out for a, for a run, why, it's the perfect, perfect time to, to, uh, to do it today. Uh, as it looks like it's going to be cool and sunny and a perfect day. Uh, Nathan, um, how are you? Uh, now, uh, did, I, um, did I ask you how you were? I started to talk about Woodenville, and I totally forgot to ask you how you were doing. How are you? I am doing great, and like I was saying, it was just a great day for a drive today, so I'm really excited to see always when I look out the window and it's sunny. It really puts me in a good mood. Good. Did I tell you about the Woodenville Cars and Coffee Crew? No. <laughs> Good morning, Sometimes everybody. Welcome I... to Drive Time Radio. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, I have two things working against me, Nathan. One is my memory is getting shot. I mean, I can remember things like, uh, you know, Tom Seaver's uh, uh, winning percentage in uh, 1972. Uh, but I can't remember if I asked you how you were sometimes. <laughs> so that, that's, you know. That's uh, a function, I think, of uh, of advanced aging here. When you get to your 60s, you'll see it. And, uh, and the second thing is I forgot. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, so um, I'll tell you what, Nathan. Do you want to ask me the magical question? Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? Funny you should ask, Nathan. It's, it's amazing how that happens. That'll put us back on the track. That'll put us right where we want to be, man. Heading toward, uh, heading toward something, something I don't know about, but we'll we'll get there. Uh, maybe we'll we'll wind up in Skycomish. Who knows? Um, what am I driving this week? Oh, I'm driving a gem, man. I'm driving a a very cool, uh, very interesting, a Chevrolet Silverado pickup truck. And the reason that I say it's cool. And it's interesting, is that it is uh, it is basically truck, off-road gear, and 6.2 liter, 400 horsepower engine. Uh, it is um, it's called a Trail Boss, and it's a beautiful red and black, the black uh, wheels with the red uh, body, which is uh, a, a great color combination. I think they also come in black too. I don't think the wheels are red, though. I think it's an all-black kind of midnight thing. Uh, but what Chevy has done here is they've taken that 6.2-liter engine uh, that's uh, you know cranks out 400 horsepower uh, listed and uh, uh, dropped it into, I don't want to say a bare-bones pickup truck, but certainly one without a lot of options. I mean, all the stuff that you would expect to be there is there. Uh, you know, ABS and four-wheel drive and all of that stuff. But it doesn't have the luxury cabin. It doesn't have 9,000 uh, USB ports. It's not really meant to be a highway cruiser. It's much more meant uh, to take up to the uh, to the woods or to, uh, you know, or to the country or to your off-road park and go out and have some fun with it. It's uh, it's starkly reminiscent of. Remember, a long time ago, I bought a uh, I bought a Chevy short bed tow truck, uh, pickup truck that we made into a tow truck, and it was the 396 that was uh, uh, for that year's was a 72, I think a 73, 
bored out to 400. And uh, the advertised horsepower was about 300. I think it probably cranked out more like 400 horse. But man, was this truck fast. It could have been one of the fastest things to this day that I've ever driven. And certainly one of the faster trucks. It was lightweight. It was, and it was an animal. The truck was an animal. And this truck is eerily reminiscent of that truck. Now, it's a four-door, so, you know, you have room to take people along with you, but it doesn't have a lot of the, uh, you know, you don't feel like you're driving a Cadillac when you drive this truck. You feel like you're driving a Chevy truck. And let me tell you something, there ain't nothing wrong with that. Uh, I'm of the opinion uh, that I think the trucks have, have really gone overboard and they're the modern-day um, luxury cruisers. And I know it's nice to have all the stuff there, but, you know, you tilt the scales at $80,000 when you go out and buy a truck. This truck, this Trail Boss, I think comes in at, a, at under fifty. I mean, it's like forty-five something with the um, with the Trail Boss package, and then I think there's a convenience and package that you can put on top of it. Um, and I'll tell you what, it is fun to drive. I'm going to take it, to, as I said, off road to, uh, probably tomorrow, and and get it up into the mountains and and see what it can do off road. But just cruising in this truck is an experience. It has all the power you could want. All the power you could need. A great truck. Uh, an absolutely great truck. And uh, as I said, it comes in $30,000 less than if you go and buy the Silverado High Country with the, 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 the you know, the 14-inch screen and the uh, electric curb. You know, it doesn't have all of that. It's a truck. It is a fast truck. It is a work truck. Uh, but it's also a play truck. And uh, I commend Chevy for putting it out because maybe everybody doesn't want that luxury truck. Maybe everybody doesn't want fine leather seats in their truck. Maybe people are good with the old kind of pickup trucks uh, that, you know, that, that, that don't have a lot of options. They want a truck uh, that they don't have to spend $80,000 for. And uh, the Chevy Trail Boss... Uh, fits the bill just fine, and it goes fast, which I like. It's a it's a fun truck. It's a truck that people stop and look at. I pulled into the uh, pilot um, truck stop up in uh, Arlington, and a couple of truck drivers were checking it out, looking at it, and you know, kind of getting the uh, the truck driver nod of approval. So that's what I am driving this week and uh we have a I, I love it when i get trucks uh you know there's no bad trucks out there right now uh there's there's trucks that have different capabilities to them uh but there really are no bad trucks right now um you know ram does what they do so well uh ford's f-150 is still the top selling truck in america and really uh, the uh, the Chevys have uh, have I think caught up with Ram. I think they were behind for a little while, but the Chevy Silverado 
always has been my favorite truck until recently. I have to say that my, my allegiance has kind of shifted a little to Dodge, to, to Ram, and the Toyotas are great trucks. I had a Tundra last week, and that truck hauls. And it uh, and the Tacoma is probably the number one off-road truck in the nation. Uh, people that like to go off-road, that like to get away from it all, have really adopted that truck as one with the SR5 and the TRD package that really will take you just about anywhere you want to go. And just to top it off, and I know a new one is coming down the pike, um, if you don't want the big truck experience, uh, the Honda Ridgeline uh, is the favorite of many of the critics, many of uh, the car reviewers. When they look at trucks, look at the Honda Ridgeline and say it's like kind of the perfect family car slash pickup, if that's what you're looking for. It's not as big and beefy and meaty as some of those other trucks. It doesn't have the towing capacity of many of the bigger trucks, but if you're looking for a pickup that has a lot of different capabilities, is easy to drive, uh, fits in a regular parking space, and you know, is one of those trucks that uh, will bring you pleasure and has that Honda reliability to it, uh, the Ridgeline is worth the peak. Definitely worth a look at. So that's what I'm driving this week. When we come back, we will uh, delve into the Irish auto industry, uh, tell you a little bit about the history of it, uh, the Seattle connection to it, and uh, also coming up by the top 10 selling cars in Ireland. We also have the Saturday morning cartoon coming at you directly. It is Drive Time Radio. I'm New York Vinny on a Saturday morning with you here at 1150 KKNW. No matter how you say it, cruce con la verde, en el medio pierde. It always means the same thing. Attraversate soltanto al segnale verde, mai nel mezzo della strada. Cross at the green, not in between. Gate arriba de gas, norden when it's green, niet ergens zwischen in mitten vom block. It means cross at the corner, never in the middle of the block. Don't walk until the light turns green. Always cross at corners where motorists expect you and where you can see them. Cross at the green, not in between. In any language, it's a way of life. Don't cross the street in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle of the block. Don't cross the street in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle of the block. Use your eyes to look up. Use your ears to hear. Walk up to the corner is clear and wait and wait until you see the light turn green don't cross the street in the middle 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 of the block don't cross the street in the middle 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 of the block make us part of your daily routine alternative talk 1150 and back with you on drive time radio i'm new york Vinny. thank you so much for coming along for the ride this morning coming up a little bit later we'll uh, take a look at the mazda Three, uh, Nathan and I will, uh, for the first time, review a vehicle together. 
which um, is probably going to be worth uh, everything you paid for this show uh, right here. <laughs> it'll be uh, it'll be tons of fun, folks. I guarantee you uh, that uh, it, it should be a lot of fun. I also want to remind you that on Wednesday, uh, excuse me, Monday, Wednesday, Friday mornings at ten o'clock West Coast time, uh, one o'clock East Coast time, you get Mikey and Vinny. Uh, two guys conversing about everything that's going on in the world. It's Mike Evany's take on the world, uh, or we take on the world one way or the other. Um, and uh, that uh, happens, as I said, uh, on Facebook Live, 10 o'clock, Seattle time, uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And if you get a chance uh, to tune in, uh, we would appreciate it. I also want to tell you about uh, something that my friend Kathy Graham from Chrysler sent along to me, which uh, I think that you should know about if you have a high school student or you are a high school student in grades 10 to 12. It is the ninth annual Drive for Design contest, which challenges students to sketch the electrified Jeep of the future. Um... You get, uh, if you win, and there's three winners selected, you get one-on-one -on -one mentoring time with leading designers at the Stellantis Design Studios. That's the corporation uh, that owns Jeep now. Uh, scholarship to attend College for Creative Studies, virtual summer design program, and more. And uh, some very heavy hitters in the automotive industry will be uh, judging this contest. And, uh, again, the entries are due by May 14, 2021. If you go to the Stellantis website or uh, go to the Drive for Design Facebook page, that's Drive for, the word for design, uh, or the Stellantis North America Facebook page, you'll be able to find um, more information about this contest. But, I, you know, if you're like me, you're one of those people who spend a lot of time in class drawing cars on uh, on your notebooks or on your papers or on your desk for that matter, although that can get you in trouble. Uh, this is a perfect thing for you. And I think that uh, it's a lot of fun. I used to really love, uh, uh, you know, I used to sit in science class uh, with a guy, uh, Lucian Gandolfo uh, in seventh grade we used to i think the only thing we did all all year was draw cars on our notebooks i think we had much more uh car drawings than we did you know um uh, science notes so but i still believe in science believe it or not uh but uh, so this is something if you have a youngster or you know a youngster um this is a chance to get them a push and they love cars uh, in the right direction as far as automotive design. I uh, want to talk a bit about the Irish uh, automotive industry uh, this morning because there's, uh, there's a ton of, of really great cars that have been uh, built in Ireland. And really... You know, the Irish automotive industry and researching this, I found out, which is really a, 
you know, the taxes on on building cars and and uh, on bringing cars in to Ireland became so much that the uh, what what car companies did is they would ship cars to Ireland unassembled, and they would have factories in Ireland that would assemble the cars and then sell them. And I found this fascinating because it costs so much in tax to bring a car in uh, and they want to put Irish people to work. So Ford and other major manufacturers opened up plants there that didn't uh, uh, build cars uh, from scratch, but built cars from uh, the kits, you know, the all the parts. They would send the parts. There was no levy, I guess, on auto parts. They could send all they wanted in. But there were a few cars built in Ireland. Uh, the uh, Probably the most famous is the uh, DeLorean DMC-12, which we're all familiar with uh, from the movie Back to the Future, uh, the time-traveling car. But it was John DeLorean, and uh, who was a, a, a guy at GM who created things like the GTO and different uh, uh, car models in uh, from General Motors that ushered in the muscle car era. Um, and in 1970, the mid 70s, he decided to uh, build his own car out of stainless steel. Uh, Brought, it to, brought the factory to Ireland, Northern Ireland, I think, and it was, uh, you know, a success for a while until uh, they busted DeLorean. Uh, the British offered him a, a, a large incentive to build a car there, and um, the first car rolled off the production line on January 21st, 1981, $25,000 for the car, and they stopped production of the car in February 1982. 8,500 cars were produced. And of course, today, it's a cult classic. It had gold wing doors. If you see it, you know it. Uh, it, uh, you know, it, listen, it took a lot of nerve to go up against the big automakers in those days and put together a car company. Uh, now, you could believe what you want. There's a lot of theories about why John DeLorean got busted. Uh, but suffice it to say that there were a lot of people who didn't want him to succeed in building that car. Another interesting car that was built in Ireland was the Shamrock. It was built in County Monaghan. Um, it was uh, a, a, an entrepreneur named William Curtis who decided to build the Shamrock in Ireland. He was uh, visited his wife's family, was struck by the poverty he witnessed, and he thought that, like many others, that a great way to help Irish people would be to uh, build a, a luxury automobile and export it to sell in America. Um, he wanted to, uh, he, he told Motor Trend in 1959, Curtis did, that the car would cost 2495 and he built 3,000 of them a year. Uh, the first Shamrock prototype rolled off the production line. Um, One-piece molded fiberglass body, a ladder frame, 98 
inch wheelbase, it looked like a 57 Thunderbird. Uh, matter of fact, uh, Nathan, you put up the picture of that. This is what the, uh, the Shamrock looked like. And uh, you can see it's actually a cool-looking car. And But it had a 1.5-liter engine, one carburetor, uh, 53 horsepower. The car was too heavy for its engine. It would only go 90 miles an hour. And it took a whopping 19.7 seconds to go from zero to 60. I mean, you could take a bus faster that goes from zero to 60 than that. The factory was shut down. Um, there's a lake uh, in near the factory that um, uh, a lot, reportedly a lot of the parts that were left over were dumped into. I don't think anybody's ever uh, searched the lake for the parts, but from what I understand and what I've been trying to track down, one of the shamrocks are here in Seattle. The um, uh, one of the uh, one of the vehicles is owned by somebody here in Seattle, uh, and we're going to try to track that vehicle down and see if we can uh, get a look at it sometime and do a video and and present it to you because it's uh, to me it's a fascinating car. One of the things, and if you're looking at the picture of the car, one of the things that are interesting about this car is they designed the rear quarter panels too low. So when you jack the car up to tell you if you got a flat in the rear and you jack the car up to take the tires off, the tire wouldn't come off. You literally had to drop the rear axle to take a tire off of this car. Which, in anybody's uh, tire changing book, ain't going to happen on the road. You're going to have to bring that car into a shop to change a tire. So there were serious design flaws in the car as well. And then in the 1980s, they had the TMC Costin. It was made by the Thompson Motor Company in Castlebridge in County Wexford. Uh, built from 83 to 87. It was um, a car that kind of looked like the uh, Lotus 7. Uh, he, uh, uh, they built this car with uh, a Ford engine. It was, uh, it, it got the 0-60 time down to under 9 seconds, 100 miles an hour. And you could get a couple of different engines in, uh, in this thing. They also had uh, the Offaly that was built in 1907 at the, at, um, uh, was shown at the 1907 Dublin Motor Show. And you had uh, a car called the ATW which was a, uh, a, a, an all-terrain vehicle that was built in uh, Donegal. So there have been uh, a number of cars that have been built in uh, the beautiful country of Ireland. And as I said, there were uh, tons of car assembly plants in Ireland as well. Uh, Ford was in Cork. They put together the Escort, the Cortina, and the Prefect. Uh, the very first Volkswagen Beetle made outside of Germany was assembled in Ballsbridge in Dublin and is on display at the VW Museum. The New York Noble Bubble Car 
was assembled in County Down in the 60s. Um, the Renault 4 was assembled in Dublin and in Wexford from 62 to 84. And uh, Fiat assembled several different models in the 60s and the 70s in County Meath, or Meath, I guess. So you have uh, a large um, presence of Ireland uh, auto industry uh, throughout the years. Uh, also Dunlop, the famous tires, uh, the first tires that were built, made by Dunlop were made in Ireland. And the first traffic light in the world was, through my research, I found this out, um, was in Ireland. So you had a lot of, uh, a lot of different and interesting uh, vehicles that were put together in a storied history of cars in Ireland. Now, uh, before we take the break and give you a little musical entertainment, according to the Irish motor industry in 2020, the best-selling cars are the Toyota Corolla, the Hyundai Tucson, the Volkswagen Tiguan, the Ford Focus, the Skoda Octavia, which is something that we don't uh, see here, it has a traverse front engine, and um, some models have all-wheel drive, and it's a little crossover uh, with a big truck. The Hyundai Kona is uh, the sixth best-selling car in Ireland. The Toyota CHR, which Toyota hasn't had a heck of a lot of success with over here, but in Ireland, it makes the top ten list, as does the Toyota Yaris, which is uh, was voted, actually, Europe's Car of the Year in 2000. Uh, they're working on the uh, fourth generation, a hybrid version, uh, that is um, out there right now with an electric all-wheel drive system. And uh, number nine, the Nissan Qashqai, uh, which... Um, is uh, an interesting uh, car that's available around the world. And the 10th best-selling car in Ireland is the Volkswagen Golf uh, that's been produced since 1974. Uh, not only is it a best-selling car, uh, one of the best-selling cars in Ireland, but also one of the best-selling cars in history. It's in its eighth generation, and uh, the Irish people really love the plug-in hybrid and the compressed natural gas versions of this car. Uh, Volkswagen is a very popular vehicle in Ireland, and the Golf is one of the most popular cars um, on the island. So that's a, a kind of a look at the Irish auto industry, at past and present. When we come back, yes, our Saturday morning cartoon is, in fact, uh, a song about an Irish car. We'll be right back. Bright new beginning to a beautiful 1968. Chevrolet's Impala Sport Coupe. Dramatically new. Distinctively styled. What strikes you first is the beautiful harmony of line. Every curve, every sweep is clean and compatible. Modern, fresh design. 
and inside, Chevrolet remembers your comfort with new colors, new fabrics, new instrument panel. Security, too, with the proved GM energy-absorbing steering column, new side marker lights. Impala 68, unforgettably beautiful, right back to its new recessed taillights. Impala, America's favorite car, is at your Chevrolet dealers, who reminds you, be smart, be sure, buy Chevrolet. Wherever you go, Alternative Talk 1150 is here for you. My pappy said, son, you're going to drive me to drinking if you don't stop driving that hot rod Lincoln. Nothing like a little Commander Cody to get you going on a Saturday morning's Drive Time Radio. I'm New York Vinny, and let's get right to the Saturday morning cartoon by one of the great Irish folk uh, groups of all time. The Clancy Brothers, along with Tommy Makem, and uh, this song uh, talks about uh, during uh, the troubled times in Ireland, the need uh, to uh, for the troops to get somewhere, and how they decide that they need that they're going to get to where they need to get. There you go, the Clancy Brothers with Tommy Makem, and from uh, I believe 1959 or 60. And uh, that is uh, Johnson's Motor Car, a uh, story that mixes in uh, the commandeering of a car because the uh, troops needed to get somewhere. And um, I love the line in there, uh, you'll get your car back when Ireland is free. (laughs) It's a a great line, but uh, certainly one of the seminal uh, Irish folk groups. And, uh, you know, it's funny, you become cognizant of uh, a lot of these bands uh, on St. Paddy's Day or around St. Paddy's Day because you hear them uh, in different places like this, you know. Um, but uh, there's a lot of great music on the Irish folk scene from the Clancy Brothers to Christy Moore and, um, um, you know, just uh, a number of uh, a number of bands, uh, the Irish Rovers, uh, the Dubliners, uh, j- just so many uh, great vocal groups uh you know you know obviously there's you too we all know about uh, a lot of the irish rock uh, uh bands but when you go down into the folk music level a lot of great stuff there too all right that's our saturday morning cartoon brought to you because uh, cars and tunes go together so well i mean why do you think they put radios in cars so you can listen to music right Although these days, I mean, with everything going on uh, and all the different stuff that they're putting in cars now, like Alexa and Apple CarPlay and Android CarPlay and all of these other different uh, um, connected car types of devices, uh, how long will people uh, listen to music in their cars anymore? Will they start to uh, get more of their information, uh, more of the spoken word stuff in their uh, particular cars. Well, it's only uh, it's only a matter of time before we find that out. Uh, let's see, we have uh, a couple other things that I wanted to uh, get um, get on the agenda here before we hit the car review of the week, the drive time road test of the week, uh, which will be the Mazda 3, and uh, Nathan and I are going to do that together. Uh, because he got a chance to drive the car and and have some fun with it as well. So and he owns a Mazda 3, an earlier model, so we'll we'll get his take on it as well. And let's face it, Nate, this is the star of the show. I'm just here 
running things, you know, just making sure that everything happens on time. Uh, Jeep this week uh, brought back, uh, laid out their plan for a brand new um, Grand Wagoneer, which uh, is, um, they, they're getting into the full size. Um, SUV market, and uh, I think they I think they have a winner here. I think it's going to be a very interesting um, time for Jeep as they get into this um, into this uh, uh, big SUV. It's a nine seat SUV. Uh, the Wagoneer we probably remember those from the seventy sixties and the seventies. I had one. I had a seventy one. Uh, Jeep wagon in with the wood on the side and everything. This is going to be a premium line for Jeep uh, with three 4x4 four four, uh, four-wheel drive systems to Quadratrack, Quadratrack 2, and the Quadra Drive 2 with low range and rear electronic limited slip differential. Um, interesting thing about this is it'll be, uh, you know, trail rated in that it can, uh, it'll have a select terrain traction management system which in Jeep is among the best. A quadra lift air suspension, which will bring it up to 10 inches of ground clearance when you need it. And you'll be able to Ford up to 24 inches of water. So if there's that little stream that you haven't been able to get to the other side of because there's no bridge, well, here's your answer. You go out, throw the family in this thing, and you can go through any stream you want to go through as long as it's two feet uh, or less in uh, in depth. Also, uh, Jeep will bring a 10,000-pound towing capacity, which uh, they say is the best in the, in the class. So I'll be interested in seeing how these, um, uh, these family-style, these big family-style, uh, a Chevy uh, Tahoe Suburban style, uh, Ford Explorer style, Lincoln uh, Navigator style vehicles uh, are done by Jeep, and how they're received by the uh, by the public. Uh, you know, heretofore you couldn't get uh, a big Jeep like that. You know, the biggest uh, you get was the Cher- the Grand Cherokee. Now you have the wagon here. Uh, and I know this sounds kind of stupid, but I'll say it anyway. I really do hope they come back with the wood panel sides, which really weren't wood panels toward the end. It was, uh, you know, like a fiberglass molding that went around the wood. But there was something. I want an automaker to come back with that. I know Chrysler was the last one to do it, I believe, with the PT Cruiser. And I want that back again. I want to see that. I want that to, uh, I want to see a car, a manufacturer with enough nerve to do that and and see, I mean, I I know that you can get it custom done. I saw a, um, boy, I want to say a Ford Transit Connect uh, a year or two ago uh, on the Jersey Shore, down the Jersey Shore. And, you know, the Woody is popular, uh, Southern California. Jersey Shore, the East Coast Shore, and they had done up this Ford Transit Connect like a Woody. And I don't have the pictures of it here with me, otherwise I'd pop one up there, but 
It was really, um, I thought it was cool looking. Uh, they did kind of a, uh, uh, it was uh, kind of a, that mariner teal color. And they put um, mariner teal, light teal, so a very light dusting of teal into the wood molding around it. It looked, uh, it looked like a, like a basement in the 1970s. And it really looked, and, I, and it actually was very appealing looking. Anyway, the, uh, the Jeep Wagoneer will be available the second part of this year. Uh, and I, as I said, I expect it to be a big hit. Uh, interesting in that this is going to be the first time that you'll be able to get Fire TV uh, uh, integration with Alexa movies and TV shows directly to your car. So I guess uh, if your kids are in the backseat, there's no more looking out the side windows in America. Now you just tranquilize them with movies. And we wonder what's happening to America, huh? They sit there and they watch movies and play video games instead of opening up the windows and looking out at what's, uh, what's on the side, you know, you see America. You see what's going on. But I'm old-fashioned. You know, uh, I I just, I don't know, I, I just feel bad for for kids that, that get hooked into, are so hooked into TV that they have to watch it in the car. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. I, I you know I know that it keeps them quiet and this and that, but I I don't know why you need um, a ten twenty uh, a ten point twenty five inch passenger screen in a car. But I guess it's nice to know to have it, and I guess America doesn't see things like I see it, uh, where you you know you want your kids to look out the window and see people and, and, and experience the side of the road and what's going on and the signs and everything that you see when you're out on the road. Anyway, all right, let's, uh, let's get to our road test because uh, I just looked down at the clock and we're, we're running a little short on time as we usually are, so we got to do this and we're doing it with two people this week instead of uh, just one, so we definitely want to uh, get this in. And Nathan, are, are you uh, you want to hit the uh, the uh, thingy? The Drive Time Radio Road Test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, nothing ugly about this week's uh, Drive Time Road Test. Uh, the Mazda 3 Turbo. Now, we've driven Mazda 3s before. Nathan and talked about the car um, a lot. Nathan owns not a turbo, but a Mazda 3. So I thought it would be nice to uh, get him involved in this review as well and to give us uh, his idea of what he thought about the car. We, we met up at uh, the Walmart parking lot uh, and the never-ending line at the chicken place down there. Every time you drive by that, what is that? That's a church's, right? Uh, Popeye's. Or, Popeyes. Every time you drive by that place, I mean, is America love chicken so much that you have to make a reservation at a Popeyes or a Chick Fil A? Well, you just got a lot of drive-through places there in general. You got Sonic. There's uh, 
Dutch Brothers, and of course, Jimmy Max is right next to that. That crowd was a big crowd, too. And yeah. in a Walmart parking lot, a lot of people go to Walmart to shop. So it's always busy in that parking lot. But we found a pretty nice open spot to meet where there's some little bit of construction going on, but all the parking spaces were open and chatted right, for a yeah. bit before hopping into the car. Yeah, we hopped in the car. We took it. I, I let you do the driving. I said, Nathan, why don't you take it? I've been driving all week. I'm just going to sit in the passenger seat and um, and enjoy myself and let you uh, take it. So why don't you give us uh, some impressions of the uh, your impressions uh, as you were. What, what year is your Mazda 3? 2017. 2017. And it's so a GT trim, so Grand Touring top line. Okay, so you wanted to make sure all want to make sure all the girls heard that. <laughs> um, so, give me your give me your thoughts. I mean, uh, let me start like this. Outside, uh, it, it's a it's a good looking car. I mean, it's got all uh, you know design lines and curves in the right places. It's an aggressive looking car. The turbo comes with uh, the little spoiler in the back, the black wheels. Um, I thought, uh, uh, you know, a, a very, uh, a car that looks like it's ready to go someplace. It does. And one thing I do want to impress upon that too is it's a small car. When we finished driving that car, I forgot how like small that car was being a small sedan. I thought I was driving maybe a smaller size SUV just because of how much Mazda was able to put into that car with technology and other luxury type features for it. Now that being said with the luxury, don't go into this car making the mistake I did thinking it's a Mazda speed because just because they put in a turbo on it and gave it like 320 pounds of torque. It is not Mazda speed yet. So you're not going to expect to go onto the road feeling like you're driving a hot hatch or performance car and really getting around the track well. It does have great power. I definitely felt a difference. The exhaust note was very clear and low, almost like a V8. It was very deep. Yeah, it definitely had um, it definitely had an entertaining uh, and uh, you know some cars you get that 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 deep exhaust note. You kind of feel it in the seat of your pants almost. And uh, and, and this car definitely had that. So while it may not have the Mazda speed quickness. It had a little bit of that feeling of, uh, of, of, you know, of power and of agility uh, also. And I mentioned to this for you when we were driving the car, one thing I like to describe the power is it gives you the power you need, not the power you want. So everybody felt like the Mazda 3 needed a little bit more power, which the turbo definitely achieved, but the amount of power that you were striving for it's not quite there yet yeah and, and listen they're not going to bring back mazda speed they're trying to get away from the speed image and go much more with an upscale mm -hmm. luxury image they have put their money clearly uh they have put their money into what i think <clears throat> may be uh, the best interior in a in a thirty thousand dollar car uh, i mean it really the interior in that car uh, is not only well set up, uh, but it's also the materials are fine, the design is uh, is good. Um, it, it really it sparkles. Uh, the seats are well bolstered and they're comfortable on a long trip uh, or uh, you know going around the corner. 
uh, you know, back back seat room is what it is because it's a small car. But even there, they've gained a couple of inches in the back seat room in this model. And Mazda expects to have every driver feel good after stepping out of, uh, well, we were in the car for about an hour, so a decent trip in the car. We went around Seattle and other roads and highways, and I felt really good getting out of the car. Like, I had a great driving experience, and Mazda definitely followed through on that promise. Yeah, they, uh, they seem to be able to engineer into their cars um, a feeling that it costs more money. You know, that, that, that the car engages you in a way that I don't, I don't understand why other, they, they tune their car for drivers. Mm -hmm. It seems like many other cars are tuned for the comfort of passengers, the comfort of the driver. I'm not saying the Mazda is not comfortable because it's very comfortable, but it's also engaging. You're also paying attention when you drive the Mazda. If you're a if you're a driver, if you're somebody that enjoys driving, it keeps you interested more than many other cars that are out on the road today. Well, we got about one minute left, so do you want to cut to the chase on the car and get some details in that you need to get out uh, there? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, sticker price on the car is, is uh, just under $35,000 with the turbo and the automatic. Uh, it is uh, all the Mazda cars are, have gotten great safety ratings, so you have that going for it. And my bottom line is I think it's a great car that nobody knows about, uh, although I'm suspecting more people know about it as well. Uh, and uh, I definitely, if you're in the market for that small car, uh, whether you go for the turbo or not the turbo, it's a fun car to drive and well worth it. What about you? Give me a quick take. Absolutely. Definitely would buy if I did not already own a Mazda 3. All right. That puts it in the books. Another edition of Drive Time. We will join you next week at 8 o'clock in the morning on Saturday, where we will um, have a lot of fun, talk about cars. Again, if you can, go that, uh, go check out the Woodenville uh, Cruise, the Cars and Coffee. Should be a lot of fun. Maybe I'll see you out there. For Nathan, I'm uh, New York Vinny. Thank you so much for listening. See you next Saturday if the Lord's willing and the creek don't rise.